The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Ribello, and today's episode is called Repetition, the story of Mary Mamie E. Godown. So I am so fortunate to tell you guys that I've actually just ahead of time that I've actually returned this photograph to a relative. And this just happened to be because of my coincidence and my intuition to go into a store sometime last week. Now, author Paulo Coelho once said that coincidence is the language of the stars for something to happen. So many forces have to be put into action. And I found this quote pretty, you know, relatable in terms of my current, the situation that happened with this photo. And I just happened to be in this one store one day and I was just doing some window shopping. I kind of, you know, I don't even go into these stores to buy things. I kind of just, I have some friends. I know a lot of the dealers. And so I kind of just walk around and say hi and just kind of look at all the stuff that they have out. And, you know, these are also the places that I source a lot of the photographs to return the families and loved ones. And, you know, and I look like the crazy person because then I'll look at the I'll, I'll take the stack of photos and then look through the backs of them. And then I'll see if there's any, you know, if any of the have potential to be returned. So I was having a conversation with one of the dealers and I was talking about the work I do with the old photographs because I they had some photographs in these like display stands. And so I just happened to be talking to her. And then I was, you know, I used the one photograph with the name as an example. And then when I looked, I realized the surname sounded really familiar. And that surname was the surname Godown. And I told the dealer to hold the photograph for me. And I then came and picked it up the following day. Because I checked one of my blog files that I had done back in the fall of last year. And I believed at that time that it was a member of the same family. And it turns out it was. And basically, it was, uh, if for reference to the previous blog post, it was Chosen Families number six, and it was on John Alexander Godown and Susan Susie H. Godown, who were father and sister to Mary. Now, here is, and this photograph is when Mary, prob- around the time Mary was born, probably around 1877, 1878, and, you know, in the picture, she appears to be a couple months old, and the photograph was taken in Flemington, which is in Hunterdon County, and is right where the Godown family lived. So that's why I decided to proceed further and to confirm that my research was in fact correct, and this was actually someone, a family that I've already told about. So here is the story of May- Mary Godown and her family. And what was awesome is I was able to return it to the same relative because I had them as a contact. I'm going to discuss Mary first, and then I'm going to the story of her parents and her siblings, which I covered previously. Mary E. Mamie Godown was born on February 9, 1877 in Hunterdon County to parents John Alexander Godown and Rebecca Ann Hosel, and she was the youngest of five siblings. So I used a lot of census records to kind of paint Mar- uh, Mary's story beginning from 1880 and going all the way to the most recent census in 1950, which is amazing. And it, you know, it really, especially at these 10 year increments, besides the 1890 census, which actually was lost in a fire, it really helps paint her story quite well during her lifetime. So in the 1880 census, she lived with her family and all of her siblings in West Amwell, New Jersey, which is in, also in Hunterdon County. 
and in the 1895 New Jersey census, she lived with some of her parents and siblings, also in West Amwell. And then in the 1900 census, Mary was listed as a housekeeper and a servant for 63-year-old farmer Peter H. Conover and his wife Emmeline in East Raritan, which was also in Hunterdon County in New Jersey. In 1910, she was a servant for a private family in Trent, New Jersey for 69-year-old clergy Edmund Hewitt and his wife Mary Frances. And then in 1920, she worked as a waitress in Trenton for the Indigent Widows and Single Women's Home located on Spring Street in Trenton, New Jersey. Now, I kind of was curious to what this is because I've seen different institutions and alike listed on censuses, but I've never heard of this one. And also this one's kind of in my area, so I figured to look into it. And it actually has some pretty interesting history to it. And it's always cool, especially if a relative works for a particular institution or a place, to kind of learn about the history, you know, when it opened, when it closed, when it was built, to kind of add to their narrative. So this is from, the information is from Trenton History's webpage, and it details the history of it, the home itself and its origins. So the institution was founded in the early 1850s and incorporated in 1855. Its foundation was largely due to the initiative of the Ewing and Green families. The interest of many charitable persons having been enlisted, the association was soon able to purchase a permanent home in a portion of the old barracks where it remained until it built and occupied its present modern and commodious quarters. Now, the old barracks was actually a barracks during the Revolutionary War, which the home then acquired for its facilities. The Spring Street Tract was a gift from Judge Caleb S. Green. In 1869, a bequest of $30,000 was received from John A. Roebling. This sum, as a nucleus, together with other contributions, including benefactions from N.R. Ivins and Walter S. Lennox, enabled the institution to erect its present home in 1902. The institution is sustained by the dues of its members and the gifts of others. In addition, the inmates pay $300 as an admittance fee. Before the war, an annual supper was held in the home from which an, a substantial fund was received. Since that time, an annual donation day has taken its place, when money is given and supplies provided by friends of the institution. The home has accommodations for some 20 or more persons, and there's always a long wait list. And as it turns out, Mary was a staff member there. She wasn't, in, um, as they put it, on an inmate or a resident of this facility, which is my... um great-grandmother or second great-grandmother actually she was listed not only on the 1940 census and her with her family in brooklyn but she was also on another census record at welfare island and it turns out as i found from my relatives that she was actually in the hospital going back into the late 30s up until her death she was very sick and it kind of adds to this story and you know my great aunt was telling me she remembers drives where they had to hide in their car to go to the hospital and things like that. So it's just understanding these type of, type of circumstances. Because inmate doesn't, you know, the way they put it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a prisoner unless they're at a prison. It means that they're, you know, a patient or something like that, or unless other specified, such as a staff member, which is what Mary was. Now, I'm not sure when the home closed, because it was in 1902 when they had it built but i did find a, find a reference to the home in from the trenton historical society and this was from an article by dan aubrey and it was about their picks for possible locations for preservation as of january of 2022 
and it reads, One of the less obvious buildings is the residence at 320 Spring Street. The 1902 brick building's institutional name was the Widows and Single Women's Home Society that has community-type living accommodations for 27 individuals, an infirmary, living room, and dining room, which, you know, this dining room space is likely where Mary had worked. And it is currently empty and deteriorating, and the building would be ideal for apartments, condominiums, or even a school dormitory. So, as of now, the home probably closed sometime, you know, in the early to mid 20th century. It was still operational as of October of 1933. I did find an article um, when upon my research about the home, I also found an article from October 15th, 1933 from the Trenton Times talking about the home. And it actually has a picture of the home, if anyone is curious. And I will have this also in the blog post. And it reads, institution that will receive public gifts Wednesday. The indigent widows and single women's home in Spring Street, for the benefit of which the annual donation day and tea will be held on Wednesday at the institution by members of the board of managers. Ms. John H. Shutter, the first di- directress, and members of the board will receive the guests who may inspect the building. Contribution of foods, household articles, and funds will be received at this time. Tea will be served during the afternoon. So it's just providing a little bit of insight, you know, to her daily life, especially when she worked during, you know, the 1920s into the 1930s. And at this time, she was almost, she was in her 40s, I believe. So at this time, you know, she was getting older, but she still was doing work, kind of work. You know, she had different types of positions, such as, you know, being a servant or a housekeeper for a private family. So she always kind of worked in a service industry. And up until this point, she also never married, and she would never marry for the rest of her life. Also, for reference, I'm using Mary. Her nickname is Mamie, and that was what was written on the back of the photograph. It is interchangeable, I found, on certain records, but on her obituary, it's written Mary, and on her headstone, it's written Mamie. So I'm kind of doing it out of respect for both of her names, but I just wanted to acknowledge that because sometimes these nicknames, especially for common names like Mary, versus Mamie can help differentiate one, you know, relatives from one another and things of that nature. In the 1930s, she lived with her brother Harrison in West Amwell, New Jersey. So she came back to West Amwell and she was listed as unemployed. And by then she was 53 years old. In the 1940 census, she was listed as not working. She didn't have a job, but she was actually listed as an inmate in the New Jersey State Hospital in Trenton, New Jersey. So now she went from one facility to another as someone working for it and now back as a patient. And also with the 1950 census just released not too long ago, we have evidence that she lived there. Also, She was a patient there as well in 1950. So from what, I, what I'm guessing, sometime between 1930 and 1940, she was placed into the home. It seemed something happened during 1930 that she wasn't well because she was living with her brother, whereas before she was independent and working on her own. You know, that's an assumption, but I'm assu- you can tell between ni- the 1930 census and 1940 census, something had to have happened for her to be moved into the home by 1940. To clarify, the New Jersey State Hospital and, you know, you have to always, at the top of the census records, it's, you have to, there's, sometimes it'll write what the institutions are more specifically. And the New Jersey State Hospital was listed as a mental institution in 1950. So 
it seems like at this time she was suffering from some sort of mental illness and that's why she was placed in the home for a, almost 20 years. And she died on December 5th, 1957 at the hospital at age 80 years old. And she was one of the last of her siblings to be alive and she had never married. I did find her obituary, which reads Miss Mary Godown, Ringo's. Miss Mary Godown, 80 of Ringo's, died yesterday afternoon after a long illness. She was a lifelong resident of this area. Surviving are our brother Gideon and several nephews and nieces. Services will be held Sunday at 1.30 p.m. at the Holcomb Funeral Home in Flemington, New Jersey. Interment will be in the Sandy Ridge Cemetery, and there will be no calling hours. I also put, um, I found her headstones from and where she's buried. She has a big headstone and a small headstone. She's actually buried with her parents, John A. Godown and Rebecca a hosel and they're all buried in Sandy Ridge Cemetery in Hunterdon County. Now, before I get into the family, I wanted to mention more about the photographer who took the photograph of Mary when she was a baby, because I figured this also adds an interesting point to her narrative. And ironically, where these photos will be eventually donated was where I found this collection online. They public the Hunterdon County Historical Society publishes some of their collections online, and I found that they had a collection of photographs by J.C. Sunderland, who was the photographer at the time when Mary was a couple months old. And it reads, this collection consists of 20 photographic prints of various subjects credited to J.C. Sunderland, who operated a photography studio in Flemington, New Jersey from the 1880s into the early 1900s. The nature of Sunderland's work was extensive and was said to encompass every description of and in outdoor work, including portraiture from the smallest locket to life-size, as quoted as an advertisement circa 19, 1890. This collection contains several types of subjects, including portraits, product shots of manufactured goods, and street scenes, and includes items in the stereograph format as well as conventional prints. Many of Sunderland's photographs are found throughout the collection of HCAHS, which is just an interesting point to note, and especially it gives kind of, you know, some background into the the photo itself and kind of why the, you know, placing Mamie in a time in history with her family. Now I'm going to go discuss further into the Godown family and of the previous photographs I, I had sent back to the relative of John Alexander Godown and his daughter and sibling to marry Susan or Susie H. Godown Lambert. John Alexander Godown was born on the 31st of December, 1825 in Dilts Corner, Hunter County, New Jersey, to parents Jacob Godown, born 1796 and passed in 1848, and Evelyn Ann Coriel, born 1796, passing away in 1859. He worked as a farm laborer and lived in Lambertville, New Jersey area for most of his life. He married Rebecca Ann Housel on 16th of December, 1865. Rebecca was born in 1835 and died in 1921, and between them they had five children. These children were Catherine W. Godown, 1868-1952, Harrison R. Godown, 1870-1941, Susan H. Godown, 1871-1905, who is, how as I mentioned, the other photograph that I previously returned, and Gideon B. Godown, 1873-1958, and Mary Mamie Go, E. Godown, 
1877-1957, who I just discussed previously. He died on on the 11th of October 1910 in Lambertville and is buried in Sandy Ridge Cemetery with his wife and daughter Mamie. On the back of the photograph was his name, John A. Godown, listed, and it was taken at Fritz's studio. This was in reference to John Alexander Godown's photograph. And he was a photographer in Lambertville during the late 1880s to the early 1890s. And I posted his Find a Grave Memorial on that blog post. And some more about Mary's sibling, Susan, or Susie. She was born on the 8th of August, 1871, in Amwell, Hunterdon County, New Jersey. She married her husband, Wilfred Lambert, on the 1st of January, 1889, in Lambertville. She had five children, including Dora, Fred, Frank, Orville, and Hannah Lambert. She died on the 28th of of July, 1905, in Philadelphia, PA, and is buried in Sandy Ridge Cemetery with her husband, Wilfred. Her chief cause of death was listed as a primary hemorrhage, so I'm guessing a brain hemorrhage or something of that nature. And I also listed her death certificate as well as the Find a Grave Memorial for her. And on the back of this photograph, which is actually really cool, it reads, From Susie to Mamie E. Godown, addressing this photograph to her sister, which is who I just talked about. So not only is it you know going full circle it kind of shows the congruency between and the relationship between all the siblings which i think is also really cool that not only did i find john's susie's i also found mamie who is primarily under addressed on the back of the photograph and his dude two daughters were essential in connecting the photographs to the same family and now the three of them are all back together again which i think is kind of just a beautiful tribute now, her photograph was taken in Tibbles and Lanaberville, and it dates likely from the eight, late 1800s. And the relative that I reached out to had expressed previously that they were donating the photograph to the Hunterdon County Historical Society, which I think is absolutely amazing. And I'm so grateful that I was able to f- kind of find this photograph by chance and send it to someone who I know will o- honor the Godown family's legacy. Now, the relative also mentioned to me on this in this um, particular exchange that they are uploading them these photographs to a cloud archives platform at forever.com, which is a cool platform and it allows these photographs to be available openly on the internet for at least 100 years, which is absolutely amazing. And yeah, and so I guess some main takeaways are, you know, to I always, you know, keep my eyes out and especially in the same area where I'm from, you know, a lot of the times I'm guessing they source their photographs from similar people. So it's just cool that I was able to bring the family all together again. And I have to say, I believe I even think I got the photographs in a completely different store, which is not only so bizarre, but just, you know, something kind of just crazy to think about that, you know, what are the chances that, you know, I mentioned her name previously and now I get to tell her story and the the rest of the family story on this podcast. But yeah, so if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at thechosenfamiliesproject at gmail.com. I will currently, I have a scrapbook and some other photographs I've recovered from a photo lot, and I am excited to look into them as well as some other photographs that I have on file. Remember that you are loved and always welcome here. Take care now.